again and welcome back to Daily Devotions with North Clay Baptist Church. We are working our way through the book of Exodus as we continue in our one-year Bible reading plan. Today's reading will be from Exodus chapters 33 through 35. Now the big picture question that we are asking is how do these uh, things in the book of Exodus point me to the gospel of Jesus Christ? And we're going to, to highlight a few sections from chapter 33 today that really illustrate this uh, for us. Uh, to start, I wanted to read the opening uh, verses of chapter 33 uh, for us and kind of uh, lead into how these things point us to the gospel. And so starting in verse 1, The Lord said to Moses, Depart, go up from here, you and the people whom you have brought out of the land of Egypt, to the land of which I swore to Abraham. Isaac and Jacob, saying to your offspring, I will give it. I will send an angel before you, and I will drive out the Canaanites, the Amorites, the Hittites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites. Go up to a land flowing with milk and honey, but I will not go up among you, lest I consume you on the way, for you are a stiff-necked people. Very important. We'll come back to that. When the people heard this disastrous word, they mourned, and no one put on his ornaments. For the Lord had said to Moses, Say to the people of Israel, You are a stiff-necked people. If for a single moment I should go up among you, I would consume you. So now take off your ornaments that I may know what to do with you. Therefore, the people of Israel stripped themselves of their ornaments from Mount Horeb onward. And so this opening section of chapter 33 takes place right after the events with the golden calf. And so God is telling, he's reiterating his promise that he made to Abraham. He tells Moses, uh, go from here and I will give you the land that I promised to Abraham, to Isaac and Jacob, your forefathers. And I'm going to do this not because of anything good about you, not because of anything good about them, but because I am a faithful God, despite the unfaithfulness of those I have covenanted with. And he tells them, but I am not going to go up among you, among you because uh, if I do, I would con uh, consume you on the way because you're a stiff-necked people. And he sort of hits on this again in verse 5. He says, uh, for the Lord said to Moses, say to the people of Israel, you are a stiff-necked people. If for a single moment I should go up among you, I would consume you. And so God tells them that he would consume them. Why? Because they're a stiff-necked people. We know uh, from the testimony of the scriptures that God is infinitely holy. And every person born in this world is born a sinner, as a son of Adam. As uh, Paul says in Ephesians, we are uh, children of wrath. Um, and what God tells them is that because of my infinite holiness and because of your sinfulness, if I should go up among you, even for a moment, I would consume you. This brings to mind... Uh, Isaiah 6, when Isaiah sees uh, this vision of the temple, he sees uh, God's glory and he immediately falls to his face and says, woe is me, I'm undone. He recognizes that because of his sinful nature and the holiness of God that is on display, that he is worthy of condemnation. And so God tells the people of Israel, I will not go up among you because if I do, I would consume you because I'm infinitely holy and you're not. You're a stiff-necked people. You're a sinful people. And so now we are primed to see the gospel on display. We know that the gospel means good news, but we can only understand the good news in the context of the bad news. The, the bad news that we are given here at the, uh, in the opening verses of chapter 33 is that Israel, the people of God, sons of Adam, sinners, we are a stiff-necked people, we are a sinful people, and there is no way for God to be among us. Because if He was, He would consume us because of His infinite holiness. And so that's the bad news. We have no way to commune with God Almighty. And then uh, a little bit later in, verse, uh, in chapter 33, starting in verse 18, we see some hints of the gospel. 
So I want to read uh, starting in verse 18 for us. Moses said, please show me your glory. And just a quick aside, that's an interesting thing for Moses to ask after God explains to him, hey, because you're a stiff-necked people, I won't even walk among you. I'll send an angel before you to take care of things, but I'm not going to walk among you because if I did, I'd consume you. And Moses asks to see his glory. Did he not pick up on the fact that he would be consumed if he did? And so uh, continuing on in verse 19, And he, the Lord, said, I will make all my goodness pass before you and will proclaim before you my name, the Lord. And I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious, and I will show mercy on whom I will show mercy. But, he said, you cannot see my face, for no man can see my face and live. And the Lord said, Behold, there is a place by me where you shall stand on the rock. And while my glory passes by, I will put you in the cleft of the rock, and I will cover you with my hand until I have passed by. Then I will take away my hand, and you shall see my back, but my face shall not be seen. So Moses asks to see God's glory. And the Lord tells him, I'll make my goodness pass before you and will proclaim my name uh, uh, before you. And I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious. And I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy. And he tells him, but you cannot see my face. And we know why he can't see his face. Because if he does, he'll be consumed because of God's infinite holiness. But then the Lord goes on to do something very interesting here. He says, Behold, there's a place by me where you shall stand on the rock. And while my glory passes by, I will put you in the cleft of the rock and I will cover you with my hand until I have passed by. So Moses asks to see God's glory. God tells him, no, you can't see my face because no man shall see my face and live. You'll be consumed. But then God provides a way for Moses to see his glory. God provides a way for his glory to pass before him and for Moses to not be consumed. The first interesting thing is that this is something that God does. This isn't something that Moses sort of actuates himself. This is something God does. He says, behold, I will put you in the cleft of the rock and I will cover you with my hand until I have passed by. You see, God provides a way for Moses to be protected from the consuming fire of his holiness. And in the same way that God protected Moses from the consuming fire of his holiness, God protects his people from the consuming fire of his wrath in the person and work of Jesus Christ. Because of the work that Jesus Christ did on the cross, dying the death that we deserve, despite being perfect under the law, he died the death that we deserved, propitiating the wrath of God, taking upon himself the punishment that we were due. God provided a way by sending the second person of the Trinity, his son, into this world, the, the word being made flesh to dwell among us, to die the death that we should have deserved, taking upon himself our punishment, God provided a way for his people to commune with him. God provided a way for his people to see his glory, namely by protecting them from the all-consuming fire of his wrath, by placing it on the person of Jesus Christ. And so we see the gospel, even in the pages of Exodus, in the same way that God protected Moses, from the consuming fire of his holiness, from the consuming fire of his wrath, God protects us, his people, from the consuming fire of his wrath, namely in the person and work of Jesus Christ.